Welcome to the School of Radiance podcast. I'm thrilled that you have joined me today. Now, what is radiance? Radiance is the electromagnetic projection of your body, mind, spirit, and energy, as well as other aspects of yourself humming along just fine. How do we become radiant? Join the schoolofradiance.com membership for the cherry on top approach. How to enter a room and have people notice you at the right time in the right way for the right reasons. Have them be attracted to your radiance. This will positively impact your personal and professional relationships and allow you to navigate life with greater ease, beauty, and radiance. This is where I share my behind the scenes, body, mind, spirit, energy, and biohacking and detoxification practices that I don't share anywhere else. Join the membership at theschoolofradiance.com and enjoy today's episode on the School of Radiance podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode on the Rachel Varga podcast. I have a very exciting episode in store for you all today. We are going to be talking about some of my top biohacking picks, as well as some of my predictions for 2022 and 2023. I love to kind of pick up on the breadcrumbs that different industries are letting us know of the technologies that are going to be available in the future. And interestingly enough, this often comes from space and the intelligence types of industries. So I've done a little bit of digging around to give you some sneak peeks as to where I think biohacking and health technology is going. We're going to talk about a couple of warnings that I think will be helpful for you to keep an eye out for to protect yourself and your data and all of that. So this is going to be kind of a fun episode. We're going to have Katie Moore joining us here today. And she, if you don't know this, we co-host the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. We have a lot of fun. And today we're going to be kind of nerding out a little bit on biohacking. And if you'd like to learn more about some of my top biohacking picks, you can check out the show notes of this episode and head on over to rachelvarga.ca slash favorites, where you will find affiliate links to some of my favorite biohacking options and some promo codes to save you some money. And when you use those links, it, of course, helps to support the channel. By the way, that list I am always updating and curating, adding, removing businesses based on business practices or my experience working with the devices, the companies. So when you check out my favorites page at rachelvarga.ca, you know that that is my short list of my top biohacking picks. But in today's episode, I'm going to be expanding on what I love now, some things I've learned over the last number of years biohacking and where I think we are going. So stay tuned for a very exciting episode and be sure to be active in the comment section. This is a live stream. This is live, raw, unedited as usual. So please leave your questions with biohacking, some things that maybe you found interesting in your biohacking journey or any questions you have for Katie and I, drop those right now in the comment section and we will be answering them live. See you guys in a second. Welcome to the Rachel Varga podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Varga, double board certified aesthetic nurse specialist since 2011 with over 20,000 rejuvenation procedures performed. I'm an international clinical trainer for other physicians and nurses as well, celebrity skin expert, having been featured on some of the world's top proactive aging podcasts and much, much more. Learn more at rachelvarga.ca and enjoy today's episode. 
Welcome, everyone. We have Katie here. You have myself here. We have two biohacking nerd goddesses to talk about diving. Talk. We're going to talk about our biohacking technological picks, practices, and predictions for 2022 and 2023. So why don't we just kind of like dive right into the thick of it because we're going to be talking about the good bad and the ugly why don't we actually just start with that with the ugly yeah let's just (laughs) sorry let's do it what's the good bad and the ugly what are some of your predictions right well first i think we we definitely need to address the uh elephant in the room which is there was an announcement i think it went on yesterday about uh, a new partnership with the two Biggest health brands in the world. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about Gucci and Aura Ring. Um, I I can't think of a more appropriate collaboration than uh, than partnering with Gucci for a thousand dollar band. Um, I I just I I don't know what the f is happening with the Aura Ring company. They were so cool, and I. I mean, honestly, I'm not even wearing mine anymore. I I used the three. I found it to be a subpar. Like there was nothing different or special about it from the two. I stopped wearing it. I mean, at the point in which I got it, they had, you know, there was like five features missing and they're just rolling them out now. And I'm like, what is happening I, I don't know. I just I'm I'm a little frustrated by the industry right now. And yesterday when I saw this like gaudy, ridiculous ring, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like what? I I mean, whatever. It's marketing, I guess. <laughs> well, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of like a new money thing to be very brandy, right? Wearing mm-hmm. those like branded T-shirts and branded belts. Like um, if you ask me, I think that's kind of tacky. And that's like very uh, sort of like new money type fashion or, oh my gosh, look what I can afford. And yes, we do see that in the biohacking space. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that biohacking is just for the elites, but we will be talking about some great free biohacks that don't cost a thing, just a little bit of effort to actually do the things. And when I think about these partnerships, I also think about partnerships with Google. And mm-hmm. one of the things I really want to be skeptical of are how our um, data and, and information gets shared. So, for example, Dr. Erica Gray, she's been on the show many times. She's one of the founders of My Toolbox Genomics. Now, that is a biohacking test kit company that I trust. I know her personally. They de-identify their data sets. But when you start to wear these wearables that are owned by, you know, technocrats, that's the new oil. And so 100%, I would not wear any type of Google product or even like an Apple product. Heck, I keep my iPhone in a Faraday cage all the time. And like, I barely have my phone up to my ear. I'm on the phone for max, maybe like two, three minute calls and that's it. Otherwise, I'll like have it on speakerphone, like a little bit further away from me. So I'd be skeptical of the Gucci partnership. I'd be skeptical of the Google partnership. And again, skeptical of wearables because I do have um, some linkages to like military and stuff like that in the fam jam. And I've always been really interested in the intelligence world because when we've had people like David Milburn on from Hypo Air, 
a lot and Naveen Jain, a lot of the technologies for like precision supplements or air purification or EMF clothing is actually initially used in space mm-hmm. or is initially used in like a military application. And then it makes its way into the consumer marketplace. So five years ago, this this guy, he's a consultant. You can actually, if you want me to send you the link for this video, I'm more than happy to. But basically, this uh, intelligence agency said, hey, what are your predictions for 10 years from now for things that we need to be aware of? And he said, well, I can't really do a 10-year prediction, but let's do a five-year prediction based on the technologies that are emerging now. And one of them was actually France was claiming to be able to do brain training on humans while they were sleeping. (laughs) And what just came out, you just did a video on this, a watch from France that is a biohacking piece of technology kind of makes you wonder with all these wearables what could be so not only does it collect your data but it could when you're using youtube and pieces of technology they're constantly sending and receiving data so what's to say this could be potentially used for a reason that you are not aware of can you expand on that what are you what's your insights feelings intuitions predictions well, I, I, I kind of want to just back up a second and ask a maybe a dumb question. I don't know about the study, but was were people um, were they privy to the fact that they were having brain training done? Were they did they sign a waiver to do that? This guy was presenting to like a group of like military audience members. Okay, so so, so I I think what how it was worded was. France now has this kind of technology. They have but the technology, but they they've never actually they didn't used get into it. how they were. Yeah, I think they probably started on like animals. That's yeah. usually how things go. Yeah, I mean, so I like. like yeah, true, and I, I also don't know if I necessarily like wouldn't want my brain trained at night. Like, I feel like that'd be like a great opportunity. You know, like eight hours. I think um, I think these are kind of things that are wise to be somewhat skeptical of and just see some of the things that are being spoken about uh, if you care to listen. So I don't know. I just wanted to do a little bit of a warning that we shouldn't be jumping on the latest tech as soon as it's available. Yeah. You want to see, make sure that it's been around for at least a couple of years. I've always had this position with, for example, like facial rejuvenation techniques and products and devices. You never want to be the guinea pig. And I know that a lot of biohackers love to be the guinea pig. Right. And why I think you and I have an interesting kind of like alchemy is you're from like our conversations with Wade Lightheart, you're like all over the idea of like Neuralink and the implant, like sign me up. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that. What if there's like a solar event or an electrical event? And I was like, okay, now you can't like compute your brain anymore. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I think it all stems from this idea that like, I've always wanted to be this like very high performing, you know, almost like have a supercomputer for a brain. Recently, though, I've I've kind of got a little bit away from from that. Um, I, you know, I've definitely had some uh, spiritual awakenings in the past um, couple of months, and I think you know we're allowed to change our mind, and I think that's the mo- the healthiest thing. I would encourage everyone out there to never be too dogmatic. Like, you know, have values, have morals. 
but never hold too tightly onto uh, technologies and and I and ideas around you know technologies and make it your identity right like I identified as a biohacker for so long but I'm not wearing any technological devices right now does that mean that I don't care about my health no absolutely not it just means it's not serving me right now it's I'm I'm in a new season I'm in a season of spiritual exploration right I'm I'm and I'm also going through some some trying times with my own health, with some family members' health. I don't need to have technology and trackers on me at all times. Like I'm also really trying to mitigate my EMF situation right now. And that's certainly not going to help when you have Bluetooth emitting uh, at you at all hours of the day and night when you're trying to sleep. So I, you know, I think it's okay. And I, I, I'm just, you know, it, it's, but it's hard because I think there's a lot of people who are very, you know, it's a very black or white situation. It's like you are either fully in the biohacking thing and you're going to upgrade labs every day and you're, you know, you're intermittent fasting and all the things or you're not. And it's, it's just not like that. Right. It's like, I go through this ebb and flow right now of being very obsessed and then kind of taking a step back and just letting it all sort of sink in if that makes sense how about you rachel it does make sense and i like this aspect of you moving away from you know the type a very rigid i see this a lot with intermittent fasters actually they're super rigid with their intermittent fasting and that is a form of biohacking which i think works really well for a lot of people um i do it to a degree uh but not like very strict, I will simply just listen to my body and see what it wants. Uh, but when it comes to like the shadow side of biohacking, I think that this is where we can kind of bring in the esoteric psychological aspects of biohacking, self-discovery, optimization, peak performance, attributes of ourselves and why do we want to do this? So for me, I like biohacking so that I feel great. I like biohacking so that I don't have pain or headaches from car accidents. I like biohacking so that I reduce my inflammation in my body so that I have better skin and I age slower. My hair, skin, nails is better. My mental acuity is better. I am more able to think clearly, especially during a time when it's very easy for us to be manipulated. And here we go. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I've kind of like skirted around this, but actually I was messaging with Melanie Avalon. This was earlier in the year. And uh, she was like, yeah, come and visit me. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't really want to be traveling right now. I'm kind of in like preconception mode of a good like three to six months. Either we'll start having kids this year or next year. I, who knows? But I don't really want to be like in airports and like being blasted with EMFs and, you know, not good air quality hotels. Like there's all the deodorizers and stuff in hotels that I'm just not a fan of. And because I use the word preconception, Instagram then started to show me both on my personal and um, private pages. It inundated both feeds with very sick children sick kids, sick babies, because I use that word preconception in a direct message on a social media platform. I was already going to get rid of Instagram anyways, but that was just the icing on the cake that our phone, 
these types of um, social platforms, they can be used to manipulate us to be in a fear state. And I don't want to be in a fear state. I want to be happy. I want to be living my life. I want to care about what's right in front of me, you, Katie, and everybody tuning into the show and how I can be my greatest, brightest, most sovereign, clearest version without with as little influence as possible. So the shadow side of biohacking, ego-driven, we want to be our best versions. We want to be hot. We want to be fit. We never want to age. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with the shadow sides of those certain things, just as long as you know why you're doing them. And just like put some time and attention on it and like lean into why you're really doing something, why you're really doing rejuvenation, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to look like Kim K or do you want to resolve some hyperpigmentation, diffuse redness, laxity that you're seeing in your skin because it's bothering you and you feel really good on the inside, you're doing everything else, you want to do something to, you know, when you look in the mirror, look great. That's that's an option too. And then with Upgrade Labs, I actually um, got, you know, pretty tied up time-wise, so I wasn't going as often. And I noticed a steady decline in my HRV because I was doing mm-hmm. the sauning, I was doing the cell trainer. Um mm-hmm couple times a week. And then I did one cell trainer session in sauna and it was like, boom, HRV's right back up to about, you know, 120 because it declined all the way to like 30. So that was kind of like a little test I did for myself was, okay, is this stuff working? What happens if I don't do it as much? And then see what happens with my metrics. But I love that you're not wearing your wearables all the time. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really been either. Uh, well, I, I have to say uh, two things, just going back to the whole rejuvenation thing. Obviously, Kim K is exactly what we're all striving for, Rachel, duh. <laughs> and two, um, uh, what I, I wanted to just comment on the preconception um, thing that you, you know, came into your awareness. And I, I have to say, what's probably like, we we don't necessarily think about it this way, but the majority of Americans would have just totally not made any correlation between the two. The problem, I think, Rachel, is people aren't aware that this stuff is happening or they're aware and they're turning in a blind eye to it. They're ignoring it. They're not making the connection. They're just seeing it as it's happening. You know, I, I don't, I think it takes a level of self-awareness to acknowledge that something is going on. There is some connection between the, this conversation that you had over here, this image that you're seeing over here. I, I think most people live in this ignorance is bliss state. Like, oh, that's just coincidental. Wow. I didn't realize that was at all. Like they're not even thinking about those two things being in tandem or or here's the funny thing well not really funny actually really sad but i mean i've had a number of conversations with the family members who'd been like you know i was in my house talking about you know this one specific type of frozen yogurt and then all of a sudden i was on instagram and how funny is this an ad for that popped up and i was like it's not funny because google's listening (laughs) Of course, it makes sense. Yes, yes. That that's what you call like. But that's way like cringe. That's like what we call conspirators, right? I mean, I can't I can't use certain words on the show, obviously. So yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit here. But 
conversations I was having 15, 20 years ago, AJ was right. If you know, if you know, you know, you I'm know, not going to, you know, I'm not going to expand on what AJ was right means, but if you know, you know. So that's why sometimes if we actually just like look at like the big picture, I like to be kind of like a big picture kind of person and where I am in my life, what the big picture is, what really matters in my life. Do I really need to spend all this time over here, all this time over there when really it's detracting from what's really important for me, but biohacking technology, they have their uses. But I think this is a perfect segue into talking about how could biohacking and health technologies fuel more consumerism. And we see this all the time with skincare ads, hair, skin, nail supplements. My clients have weak moments. They email me. They say, Rachel, I picked up this product. What do you think? It's like, oh, did you see a social media ad for that? Yeah, it was on Facebook. It was on Instagram. It looked great. And then I check it out. And sure enough, it's just like full of toxic products most of the ingredients are coming from the orient but it's manufactured in the usa and we've seen so many issues with a lot of these like supplements touted by influencers like you know kim k for example that are there to influence you to buy a you don't need that's probably going to make you sick in the first place so here's my prediction how could biohacking health technologies fuel more consumerism with uh, on your Apple, you have like the health thing and all these other watches. They're becoming more economical. More people are using them. They're becoming, you know, a little bit more common knowledge, health trackers and stuff like that. Here's the thing. If say your HRV, your heart rate variability, which is a measure of your heart health, how well you're recovering, if that starts to dip, you'll get these alerts that say, oh, Maybe you didn't sleep great last night. Maybe you should take it easy today. Or, oh, you have a little bit of a, a temperature or a fever today, just so you know. Or you didn't sleep very well. Sure enough, you're going to be seeing these ads for sleep aids and all sorts of other things. And unfortunately, I think what's going to happen is we're going to turn into all these hy hypochondriacs and just fueling big P even more than ever. And that's why I think that Google's getting into bed with this stuff. I think that this is pretty far reaching. This is like Dr. M dot 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 A. You know who that is. Obviously, I can't even say the name here. Um, that's the type of world we live in. But this is what's happening now. So we do have to be aware that if we are using these wearables and biohacking technologies that are becoming more and more affordable, easy to access, you probably are going to start seeing some highly targeted ads for products to support you in that aspect of your health that is showing to be wavering. And I just can't help but wonder if maybe that could even end up being manipulated. It's like, you think it's this, but it could be something else. So as you all know, this isn't health advice. It's educational information only. If you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. Bonus points if you can find a traditionally trained MD with also training in functional medicine, for example. Those are an excellent type of provider. And we have lots of those speakers here on the shows. So what do you think about that? Well, I mean, Google is releasing their first smartwatch this year the pixel seven i believe and uh like they they're gonna have all this information i'm now i'm not making any claims that they are selling your personal data information or that 
you know, it's going to be used against you in a court of law or anything like that. All I'm or saying, when you go to get a health insurance plan. Yeah. All I'm saying is that they are just they they're going to have it and it's in the cloud. And I'd love to challenge every single person that's listening or will ever listen to this episode in the future. Have you ever really read the fine print before you signed all those waivers? Have you? Because I haven't. I I mean, like full transparency. I look at it. I'm like, yep, sign. Sure. Whatever. OK. I don't know what happens after that. I don't know where my data goes in the cloud. OK. Then, well, what's going to happen, you know, in one day? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you remember we did an interview? I'm not going to say who it was because yeah. I think we we like, deleted this aspect, but they had oh. like a health tracker technology. And then people were putting in, oh, you know, they had like this type of, you know, consensual intercourse. And, you know, they put that as like an activity that they did. Oh, yes. And I then behind that. the scenes, yeah. all the people at the business were like, yeah. oh, my gosh, look at what this person input as like their mm-hmm. customized activity. And they were just kind of like laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like you don't know who's going to see this. Or, I mean, luckily, there's, you know, there the people that were, you know, I, I, I know who you're referencing, but I like they weren't going to do anything with it necessarily. However, I don't trust everyone. I don't trust no. all these companies. And I think that at the end of the day, it's like, OK, well, like is let's say we're in a position like Orison, right, where they they, you know, the CEO that was there for years is gone. I mean, clearly, like they're they're their business model has been changing. Like they they went subscription. It wasn't it didn't land very well um there's been a lot of flack and not a lot of great reviews of the ring so you look at a company like that and they're like okay maybe maybe their you know bottom line is hurting so where how can they get creative right well a lot of companies would love the data let me tell you that oh my god you got some good data on people some really 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 good data like really good i mean a lot of people did some self-diagnosing of the virus with the ring before you know like about a year ago like that was huge because of the basal temperature stuff so you got some hot data on thousands of people what are you gonna do with i mean i'm not ever saying that that's what they're gonna do but i'm just saying like that's it if they had that option i mean that could be an option right like people would pay a lot of money for that data i just you know i i think like we just have to be very mindful and and smart and strategic and just kind of, you know, protect your own health assets at the end of the day. Well, we asked Sabine Jane straight up about that. The founder of IO were like, mm-hmm. well, you know, there's this experiment happening in the world. Are you guys tracking it and your questionnaire? Because yep. that yep. could be actually something really cool because they're working with hundreds of thousands of people to see uh, their epigenetics in their gut and they're testing blood now. And I think that... Yeah, um, there will be the ability with some of these test kits to actually look back on this time in history and be like, well, we saw this, we saw this, we saw this, because they're actually like, if you think about it, like pretty big data sets. So here we go. In one of my uh, crypto communities, we have these conversations of what about selling on platforms in and amongst one another? where it's, you know, blockchain technology, it's all private. And then we take that like consumerism data of how we spend our money and then we sell it. 
Mm. So people are thinking about this of using like these certain debit cards, like for example, Sologenics is creating like a black debit card uh, to certain holders of that. And so that's that that's happening too. So I think that this is kind of like something really, really cool to talk about. How can we hack biohacking? There's another thing that just came up for me too, uh, that I don't know how I feel about this yet. So I'm I'm just going to throw this out there and I'm going to just say that I am still, I am not entirely sure if I'm for or against this yet. So what's happening with a couple of companies, um, like I, I did this like, you know, wellness test card and there's a couple of those out there. And what they do is they actually take your, like, say, you know, you, you, you get a little self-diagnostic test of like where your vitamin deficiencies are, right? Then they're going to like, okay, and this is kind of similar to what Viome does. They, they, they shroud it as in, we're going to take this data on you and then we're going to create a personalized supplement or we're going to create a personalized health plan, personalize this for you. And it feels all nice and warm and cozy, right? Like, oh, I love personalization stuff. Like anything that's tailored for me is going to be great, right? But like, I think that the word personalized uh, in in ev- anything could be potentially something dangerous down the line. I think it's kind of like the um, the word organic, right? Like for for so long, we were like, or- organic has to equals good, right? Everything organic is good. Not necessarily because there's a lot of like... Um, you get or- organic petroleum. Yeah, exactly. It's like orga- organic <laughs> canola oil. oil. I love organic canola oil, by the way. Mm. So good. Um, but you, you know, know what I, I hate seeing palm oil and stuff like that in skincare and I actually one of the companies I work with they sent me a new product Mm. and I look at the ingredients and like the sixth ingredient is freaking palm oil yeah yeah and I'm like I am never recommending that so that's why with certain products that I work with with certain lines I scour the ingredients not every product in the product line makes the cut so Mm -hmm some of my patients or clients are getting products from me and then they're getting marketed direct to consumer from the skincare manufacturer. Oh, we're having a sale Buy this new product that you maybe haven't tried yet, but it's not one I've recommended Mm. and have pre-vetted. And then they're exposing to things. They're exposing themselves to things like bad oils, which is just so gross seeing it in like the personal care industry, not just the food industry. Well, fun fact. I mean, like you go to Whole Foods and it, for, like, for a while there was always this like uh, belief that, you know, well, Whole Foods is more expensive and therefore everything is probably, you know, healthier. It's a healthier alternative. And yes, I mean, of course, like compared to McDonald's, it's probably healthier for you. You go to their food bar, every single ingredient has canola oil in it. Like it's their eggs. Like my fiance went to go get uh, some of their hot eggs at their hot bar. And he's like, why do they need to put canola oil in these eggs? Like, shouldn't they just be cooked eggs? What? I don't get it. (laughs) I hear you. When I go to Whole Foods, I literally am scouring every single ingredient with hubby as well. And I've actually been able to teach him some things to look for in ingredients and what to avoid too. So speaking of hubby, I just heard him come up the stairs. Maybe he'll hear me talking about him. His ears might be burning, but I think we should hack biohacking. And Mm. here's what I mean by this. I think that we wearables have a place. 
they have the opportunity to let us know that, oh, this is what you feel like when you've had a bad sleep, or this is what you feel like when your HRV is awesome, or when it's, you know, gone down the tube. And that's why I actually stopped wearing my aura ring because I had been able to train myself to identify and tune into my body when it was feeling great, or I needed to give my body a little bit of grace and maybe not kick butt and crush life and take names that day, but just, you know, maybe have an off grid day. But people like my husband, he is so incredibly in tune with his body as a pro athlete. He's extraordinary. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. He poo-poos a lot of this biohacking stuff, not all of it, but some of it, but the wearables, it's, when you can get yourself to a point where you are really in tune with your body, you don't need the wearables. But to learn what that feels like, I think that is where the wearables can have a place. But where, how can we hack biohacking? I think we should really move away from technologies that are Bluetooth, that have the ability to send and receive. Just hearing what some of the like French intelligence consultant guy like what that guy was was saying, the technology that's available, brain training in your sleep, that makes me a little bit nervous. So I would like to limit my Bluetooth exposure, limit my my availability and access to devices in my home that could maybe be sending me signals that I'm not aware of. Um, so maybe getting into other types of biohacks that aren't using this sending and receiving type of quality. And we'll talk about some specific items that actually are like that what would you say to that yeah i mean i think there's um there's an idea that's sort of been uh i've been wrestling for the last maybe three or four months which is the the wearables what if they were not sold as lifetime wearables what if they were sold as like you know what you're probably going to only need this for three months and you should use this during a transition time in your life, right? Kind of like, would you wear a CGM all the time? I mean, some people do. Is it necessary? No. You probably just need two weeks, maybe four weeks to do as many food experiments on yourself that you can to understand what's going on with your body, how it metabolizes glucose. Cool. I got it. Moving on, right? You don't need it forever. And I think the same thing applies to some of these sleep wearables, the fitness wearables. Like, I mean, I get the same number of steps every day. I sleep the same number of hours every night, whether or not it was 30% REM one night or 29% REM the other night. Does it really matter? No. You know, <laughs> I think I figured it out. I, and, and back to what you were saying, which is so like absolutely the whole point of it, how you feel we are all intellectualizing these wearables beyond belief, myself included. I am the biggest offender of this. It was my obsession to check. And when I saw that my number was high, I had a good day. When I saw my number was low, it affected the rest of my day. And that was the ultimate reason I decided to stop wearing them. When you get to the point of feeling good and making that association with the number or whatever your score was, but you know how it feels in your body. That's the goal. That's when you can, you can get let up on it and you can say, I don't, it's not going to really serve me much more past this. Cause now this is what I'm striving for. The feeling, I think you just 
hit it on the head perfectly. But guess what? If any company were ever trying to sell their product like that, <laughs> they wouldn't make any money because no one would buy anything for a couple months. <laughs> I know, right? And of course, they got you on these uh, subscription models too. And honestly, like, yeah. I think these days we really have to watch our finances and reduce our liabilities whenever possible. So really take inventory of how many things you're renting, how many things you have subscription things for and pare those down. Every time I have to change up my credit card and stuff like that, that's a time and in my business. And I'm like, do I really need this four to $25 subscription or membership every month. Do I really, really, really need it? So that's something to think about as well. I was really happy that you brought up CGMs. I was hoping you would because that's something that goes on your arm and it tracks your blood sugars. You can look at, you know, you do food diaries and see how your body responds to certain things. I think that's great. I think everyone should learn how their body responds to eating. And the other thing I want to talk about with wearables, why I think we should get away from them is when I am performing a rejuvenation treatment on someone, lasers, whatever, and someone has a, a, a smartwatch and they get a phone call from like their grandkid, their kid, whatever, they're an entrepreneur, they have their own business. And it automatically, as soon as they get that buzz or notification, they are put in a high beta state. So that's why I think that these wearables aren't the best because we're already put in a high beta state. It's like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. We're going to run out of food. We're going to run out of oil, all this stuff. So I think the more we can stay out of that high beta state, and that's really the intention behind the shows here, the Rachel Barker podcast and the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast, is when you're listening, you're not in that high beta state. Because the more you're in that high beta state, the faster you're going to age, you're going to have cortisol, you're going to have adrenal fatigue, and you're just not going to feel great. So I think wearables keep us in a high beta state, which is not a good brainwave state to be in because that's like the survival state as opposed to your rest and digest state, which comes to the nervous system and how actually I think we should talk about um, what are some what are some of our top free biohacking practices that can be great at helping us learn how to regulate our nervous system by using nature and breath work and grounding and cold therapy. So Katie, what are some of your top free biohacking practices? Okay. Well, <clears throat> I'm so glad you asked because uh, in fact, this week I was, I was plagued with a, a pretty bad virus. Uh, and I, are you sure it wasn't just like a cold or flu? Though? It, it was probably that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so, I mean, last time I checked, those were still floating around. Too. Yeah. So I, I was feeling really under the weather. Right. And I was like, you know what? I could use a little bit of some natural vitamin D. I laid out in the sun, did grounding, did some nice Wim Hof breath work for, I don't know, about two hours, maybe three. I, I lost track of time. I got back that evening. I, f I could already feel my body starting to heal. Like, I went, I had the best night of sleep, woke up the next day and I was like, I'm going to do that again. And I did sunlight grounding, being out in nature, away out of the house, like away from EMFs, drinking plenty of electrolyte rich spring water. Oh my God. Wow. How is that possible? I felt so good doing some very 
basic human things. Funnily I enough, my phone at home. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> or throw your phone in a Faraday cage in space. Or thing. that too, yeah. Funnily enough, this is how we survived as a species for however long we've been around for. Share this up for debate. Uh, we got to be careful, okay? We can't really say a vitamin D on the show here. Otherwise, oh, no one right, will see right. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. I said that once in a uh, epi- <laughs> episode like a month ago and YouTube didn't allow me to monitor. Vitamin D? Vitamin D, like yeah. as in vitamin D milk, like really? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Go well, figure. It's like anything good these days. <laughs> anything good these days. You just like it's really hard to find it. So, yes, sun, unadulterated life force. Heck, our plants need it to convert our CO two to O two. Kind of a big deal. So, sun is not bad for you, contrary to what you might think, coming from someone like myself who has a career on promoting skin health and all of that but vitamin d is really good for you it's pretty pretty, there's there's a couple studies on it um grounding is also key so barefoot i was feeling pretty ramped up this morning uh had a conversation with a loved one and she's like oh my gosh the state of things right now so i just knew that i just had to get outside and ground also my hubby was cutting the lawn and i was just supposed to start a podcast so i had to like run out there and he's on the ride on lawnmower and i'm like hey i'm recording i'm like 10 15 minutes because he was about to you know give the the lawn and daisy's little haircut outside and so i got my grounding in that way i do these things it's like if i have to go somewhere on the property you know feed the ducks go water the greenhouse go pick some greens go pick up the mail i'll actually do it barefoot so I know it sounds, it's kind of like weird. Like, why are you barefoot outside? It's actually good for you to ground and support your mitochondria, get that electromagnetic gradient, happy and healthy. So you're not too positive with your protons. You want to be balanced with your protons and electrons. Nature is super important. So focusing on the beauty around us, I think there's a lot to be said. Like, I love working with radiance and beauty. So one of the things I've been doing lately is I've literally been hiking like one of the most treacherous trails in BC once or twice a week. I'm doing like segments of it and it's a challenge, you know, barely see anybody else there. I'll see bear tracks. I'll smell bears. I'll see traces of bears scratching the trees. It's all very exciting, but being in nature, observing, you know, springtime right now, all the greenery that's coming out. Beauty is healing and when you start to notice beautiful things around you you'll also then start to notice the beauty of you and in you and you'll just be placing yourself in a much higher vibe state it's all about being high vibe it's all about being radiant and all this stuff so nature beauty you know have some flowers have some greenery in your home it's like when you see it you're like oh my gosh it's so beautiful and yeah there's nothing wrong with like the feminine aspects of it too i know and We've, we're kind of being programmed to be like, okay, you got to, women got to get out of the house. We got to work, all this stuff. But like, really, we have to be like feminine and masculine in certain times, but not just like always masculine. And getting out of the house is really important. So when I'm in nature, yes, I'll drink like waterfall runoff. Sure, I've probably picked up a couple of parasites and things like that along the way, but don't worry, I'm on something to help clear that. It works pretty well. Um, lots of studies on that one too. Rachel, you um, are the most entertaining person to watch <laughs> ever. Like I'm just sitting back here laughing so hard. Good, I'm glad you're laughing. I mean, being like Rachel would gladly be like, yeah, I accidentally got attacked by a bear today, but you know what? No, it no, no. Don't, I got knife bear spray. I got bear spells. I got bear bells. I'm like, I'm good to go. There's like, you one you have t- hairspray? You just spray. spray hair. 
Hairspray at bear spray or bear spray. Okay. I was like, I didn't know that bears were allergic to hairspray. Like that's (laughs) convenient. No, the attacks don't happen very often. They're just like cute black bears. There's a couple grizzlies. I've seen actually a grizzly on the side of the road, like chewing on a salmon. That's kind of cool. But as long as you're making noise and you're smart about it, you'll be fine. It's not like I'm going to go into the woods right after heat wave when they might be disoriented. But it is mating season, so I'm assuming some of the bears are a little, like, extra chipper. But mm. they're around. It's it's very exciting. But it's like this is what Dave Asprey talks about. It's living a bit dangerously, making these new neural connections to support your brain and your cognition and, and that childlike play and wonder. That's why I do all this stuff because that's what fuels me. That's how I get some of my best creative hits, too, in my client care, my business, how I am in my life, making new memories. But I also uh, picked up a life straw recently. So that's pretty cool because you can't always pack the enough water for like an 8 to 10K hike. You take your water bottle, you have a life straw, you fill up your water bottle, put your life straw in your bottle, and you got clean water free mm. of bacteria and parasites, which is kind of cool. Hopefully. The other thing that – the other reason that you are probably getting some major creative hits is – simply through your like visual state too. Um, so there's there's two visual states that I've learned about recently that I'm actually using almost on a daily basis to kind of get me out of the the intense focal zone in which we're on our computers or on our phones, you know, when we're, we're really, or like our eyes are really dialed into whatever we're, we're looking at. And when you take a step back and you use panoramic vision, which is like just getting up, looking all around your surroundings. You did an awesome video on this. Plug your video. I loved it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This was the most, if you guys go to my YouTube channel, it's the most recent one. It's, it's all about d- different visual states and what they can do to your parasympathetic state and how they can, they can actually help. And in this, I use it because I've always, you know, I've always wondered why is it that when I'm in the shower or I'm on a walk, that's when I end up having these creative breakthroughs that help me in my business. And and I was like, there's got to be some science here, right? It's like, well, yes, there is. And it's, it's a lot of it's your visual cue, you know? And so when you're, you know, looking out at a vista or you are even just the cadence of moving and walking forward, right? In the woods, preferably, it's it's... There's, you know, a, a whole set of reasons for that, too. But you're you basically you're you're moving your eyes in a way that's going to, you know, basically open up your pupils a little bit higher and you're going to be able to absorb more information around you in your surroundings versus just that tiny little bit of information right in front of you on your screen. Now, I mean, there's a reason we're addicted to our screens. We're, we're obsessed with being in this high focus state, right? Because it's like, this is, this is, they want you to get addicted, right? That that's why it's like Instagram is so addicting. But they don't want you to know that the EMFs are actually making you sick. No, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I think that there's, there's a combination. It's like a big soup. It's, (laughs) it's like, there's so many different ingredients that are going in, um, that are, are fueling people's, um, you know, uh, feelings of addiction and sickness and all these things that kind of go with it. And you're like, ah, I just want to break. Right. You know, and I think a lot of people then get to the point like you did, Rachel, and, and I'm actually there, too. I, I I except I didn't give anybody a warning. I just I just ghosted on Instagram. I was like, ah, 
I'll be back on a couple of weeks. And I forgot about it. I legit forgot to go on Instagram because I just deleted it off my phone. And then I was like, oh, shit, I probably should have told some people that like Rachel did a good job. I, I just I was like, I'm done. <laughs> Peace. Yeah, totally. I deleted it, Facebook too off my phone, too. I'll yeah, just have it on great. my laptop. The only thing I use my phone for now is like texting and phone calls. Yeah, I was in like bank and stuff and things like that on the go uh, with loved ones. Like I never give out my phone number. Like when I, when I work with people that have their own businesses or shows, they're like, yeah, text me at a time. I'm like, sure you want that? Because actually Dave Asprey taught me that. He's like, never give out your phone number. Oh, I and- go around to people on the streets and I give them my phone number. I'm like, please call me anytime. <laughs> That's pretty cute. My barista, I'm like, listen, you know, if, if, I, if I need something, you need something, here. Use my phone number. I just people refuse to take my phone number, but I just keep going after them and giving it to them. Somebody will take it eventually and call me. I hope. I really just want them to sell my phone number. Is basically what. I'm- <laughs> uh, not to mention when you buy like multiple domains, you get calls from like Timbuktu. Hey, you need some more privacy stuff on this domain that oh, you yeah. just bought because I never mm-hmm. buy that stuff from them. So I picked up that tip from Dave Asprey and also this like financial guy who's doing pretty well. And when we look at our attention and our visual, when we can kind of like clear out the noise and focus on what's most important, we're going to do better in our personal and professional lives. So free biohacking practices, plant your feet on the ground, get natural light in your eyes, uh, sunrise and sunset to boost your sleep, get in free flowing water to do your cold therapy take a cold shower, turn off all the Bluetooth in your home, make sure you're drinking filtered water, reverse osmosis preferred, Uh, get rid of your LED lights in your home, replace them with halogen, make sure your air is clean. So maybe pick up a couple of air purifiers and... You okay, know, now we're not free anymore. Turn Rachel. off the news. Now, yeah, now we're now is not free. Now we have to buy. I have to like pitch it and buy some stuff. But you those go are buy the those ones with lamps and throw out the LEDs. So you know, I think send those are your the bills ones to Rachel. <laughs> Sorry, I think that those are the ones to actually do. I love. No, I I agree, and I want to stress to everybody listening: you don't have to do them all at once. It can be gradual. Because it was for me. By the way, I have a free guide on this that I literally just made like two weeks ago, uh, rachelvarga.ca slash slow aging. So there's five tips to optimize your skincare with whatever you're doing now. And then also four tips for biohacking. So it's like a checklist. So you can check off when you've cleaned up your water, when you've cleaned up your air, when you've cleaned up your lighting and your EMFs. Those are really important things to do. So check out that guide. It's in the show notes of this episode. But I really want to talk about EMF mitigation technologies, practices, and energy coherence devices, because I think that there's a lot of uh, BS out there. Like, for example, I'll think of biomats, like, just go stand on the earth or shroud yourself. Like, I'm I'm actually wearing like an EMF blanket right now, because you have to shroud yourself. You can't just like lie on a mat. The rest of your body is getting, you know, inundated by... EMF. So that doesn't make any sense to me, not to mention these like stickers that you can put on your phone or your laptop, like, obviously, your technology still works. So clearly, that's not working. Like, there's so many gimmicks out there that have been around for a long time. So I think I think the best strategies for EMF mitigation, turn off your Bluetooth, um, make sure that you are sleeping in 
um, shrouding silver fabrics and wearing EMF protective clothing. And also, Katie, um, did you use those electrical outlet plugs? Have you tested them I yet? did, but I, I um, never really felt any different. Do you have an EMF reader? Yes. I couldn't find it, though. We, it has gone okay. missing. Well, anyways, I, ship them to me. should probably order it in my home. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to ship it to you. Um, I ordered like 20 I, for the home. I know, I know. <laughs> we have it's a lot of dirty very, electricity in our home. It's going to be very expensive to ship it to you, my dear. But I'll we will, I'll ship them I'm, I'm one little it. plug at a time. Um, no, just do it all at once. All once. <sighs> because actually one of my clients, her husband's an electrical engineer and it just oh. like swears by these things. So That's please send so them cool. over and I will do the testing on that because- um, yeah, even our electrician was like, wow, there's a lot of dirty electricity in your oh, home. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was really surprised when I showed him the reader. But what are, what are your thoughts on EMF mitigation tech practices and energy coherent devices? I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I Okay, so I am curious. I, I This was one of the reasons why I was like, okay, I'm probably not going to buy a $500 silver suit because I remember reading or hearing something and I just, I'm just curious like what your thoughts are about this because it might be wrong and the, the science has changed maybe if you are like say wearing something um around your torso right or even like a bodysuit, but your head's exposed still maybe your hands are exposed doesn't like the the frequency still like bounce off and isn't that still bad is it just less worse for you? Like, how do how do people justify that? Well, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you have to function, right? But you can get these, like, really funny-looking gloves and also these, like, uh, lab goggles that are, like, trust me, I've looked at all the stuff <laughs> out there. And I mean, come on. We got to still, like, be in the world and mitigate things. So, yeah, I'll wear the joggers. Actually, last time I checked, the ladies' joggers are like 100 bucks right, right now at No Ooh. Choice. So pick those up. Affiliate link at um, on our There's probably page. sales this weekend too. Yeah, for sure. So I really like the jogger pants. I'll like hike in them all the time. Um, the silver hoodie, I actually did a training for Jennifer. She's a fellow aesthetic nurse. We show up on our training day. We're both rocking our silver hoodies. It was adorable. And then I really like the blankets. And the reason I feel like they work for me is because my HRV just like went through the roof when I tested it after the first night with my eight sleep mattress cover that helps with temperature regulation. I really like that device too, but it kicks off EMF. So you do want to stride yourself. So it's got like a little hood. So I'll cover my eyes and then I'll take the blanket and like cover my thyroid and my face. So it's like just this little like nose poking out, but you're sleeping. It's not like it's a fashion show while you're sleeping. So at least when you're sleeping for, you know, seven to eight hours, you're getting that protection so that your blood can stabilize because EMFs totally wreak havoc on your blood. They create low. your blood cells stick together, they become jagged, um, fibrin starts to form. So it's very interesting what uh, a researcher, Dr. Beverly Rubick, you can find a lot of her stuff on Rumble. She's fascinating. She just did the study actually talking about the possibility of symptomology overlap between uh, potentially non-ionizing radiation exposure technologies 
and some of the other things that we're seeing in the world. And this paper actually went through six peer review processes, which is quite unheard of. So when I'll do a paper, it's usually like maybe one or two peer review processes. So this went through the gamut and it just got published earlier this year. So she's done like 90 papers. She's done a lot of work in Europe. So I like to look at people like that, that know a lot more than I do and see what actually she has her own lab. So she'll do live blood analysis. So you can actually like see what the red blood cells look like when you're grounded versus when you're ungrounded. And, you know, last time I checked, we want our blood to be functioning well to carry oxygen and nutrients and then take away toxins and CO2 and things like that. So our blood's really important. So that's why EMF uh, mitigation technologies, I think, are crucial right now. But free practices, grounding, you know, turning off your router at night, turning off your Bluetooth, getting out in nature where in areas where there's no signal, keeping your phone in a Faraday cage, wearing EMF protective clothing, uh, but energy coherent devices. So I have the somovetic behind me. I like it for structuring water. It does make the water taste differently. And there's other really expensive energy coherent devices on the market. And I think it's like a little bit like woo esoteric, uh, but they basically help to mit mitigate geopathic stress. So I live on a fault line, uh, say you're living where there's like an underwater river that will actually create geopathic stress, which is something that is measurable and is taken into account in, you know, geology and things like that. So what's your take on some of these energy coherent devices on the market? Gosh, it is. I have not explored even an iota of that at this point. Uh, this is all brand new to me. I'm just sort of stepping my toes into the world of the EMF stuff. So let's circle back on energy coherence in like six months. <laughs> I think there's a lot of gimmicks around this or like, mm. here, pay this much money and we'll do some behind the scenes work for you to clear mm. your home. So I think that there's a lot of ways that people can kind of get suckered into things. But who knows? Maybe there is some something with this, but it's very hard to measure. So that's why I'm skeptical. But I do like the way that the Somovetic makes my water taste. Structured water does taste better. Mm -hmm. Hubby and I did a taste test uh, with tap water, reverse osmosis water, and structured water, and they do all taste quite differently, which is fascinating. I believe it. Yeah. This, the Somovetic is also a very like aesthetic looking piece of uh, technology too right yeah I really like it I think it looks pretty I have the green one behind me I have it on all the time and yeah. actually okay I do have a little bit of data to share with this I have a piece of technology called the bio well because mm. I'm not going to recommend things to you know you tuning in here on the show and my clients unless I've researched it and tested it so I live in like a household and I have a bio well piece of technology it's European tech and you put your finger in this little box and it measures the light coming off of your fingertips. That's why I don't like facial gua sha tools. Use your freaking fingertips. There's more energy coming off of them. <laughs> and actually everyone who I tested in the household before I turned off, turned on the Somovetic and after, after I turned on the Somovetic, everyone actually had better human biofield dual output and more coherent and thicker human biofuels in everybody. So I thought that that was quite interesting. So that actually I was able to measure is mm. the human biofield. So Dr. Beverly Rubick, R-U-B-I-K, 
she does a lot of work in the space of the human biofield. It's kind kind of like you would consider the aura, but it's not. It's a little bit different. It is mm. measurable, actually, which is pretty cool. So how much does one of those devices cost? Because I'm trying to think, like, will that eventually, like, will people be looking at these, like, bio-well devices, kind of like a, um, you know, so, so not like a wearable, but like sort of like in the whole grand scheme of health, like, okay, you've got your fitness, you know, product or your fitness device that measures your HRV. You've got your sleep, you've got your spiritual, you've got, you know, like there's, you've got your brain training. Like, I'm just curious how, how expensive are we talking? A couple thousand. Let's do a little show and tell here, shall we? Oh yeah, sure. I'm I got so... it right here. My bio oh, cool. right here. I actually, um, you can't have like artificial nose, but basically you plug it in. Oh. You put okay. your finger in here. It's using something called Kirlon photography. And I'm mm. really diving into the science of this because I'm actually writing a research paper on EMFs, blood flow, and its impacts on the skin because so cool. PubMed, you can easily find EMF exposure creates oxidative stress on the skin, manifesting as diffuse redness and eye irritation. 50% of the population has dry eye. There's got to yeah. be a link there. And in fact, there is. So you put your finger here and using a Kirlian photography, and with some of the sensors in here, it measures the amount of light and also the vectors of light, the directions, all of that, uh, puts it in a computer program, and it gives you this extrapolation and readout of your biofilm and a, a few other really cool things too. So this is about a $2,000 unit. You can currently only get access to this one if you are a practitioner. There's a lot of functional practitioners that use technologies like this to assess their clients. Um, I'm actually really excited for when they do make a consumer product. Yeah. And they were hoping to have one by next year, which is why I've, you know, I dove into this tech because, hey, if this is available for the consumer, why not? So I think that's actually something to come is that we can actually measure our body's dual output, our biofield, and all these other really cool metrics that are actually a part of TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. There's a TCM component with this tech too, which is fascinating. That's so amazing. I, I love this. Yeah. I think it's no, really cool. I, I, I think this is, this is actually like when we talk about the future of, of biohacking, I really think a lot of it's going to be spirit hacking. I think we're going to see so much more about like the, uh, you know, it's, it's not just about the mind and the body, but like what, you know, how, how do you measure like emotions? How do you measure your energy output? Can you use that stuff to determine what you're doing with your day? What kind of work you do? I mean, think about this. Like, and it sounds so woo woo and you're probably like, who the heck are you, no, Katie? But like, it's not. I'll, what if like, I have a day when my goes. heart is so open? Am I going to go into a meeting where I have to be stern and and forthright and hard and like fire people. No, right? Like if my heart's open like that, you know, it's like I want to be engaging in activities that are going to bring more of that love and energy out in light, right? And so I think how like we're going to start to get to this place where we can start to dictate what we do in our day based on how things are moving, how the energy is flowing, where you know, chakra alignment, if dare I say, all that stuff is working, right? Yeah, that's what I think. 
Well, somehow this piece of technology also measures the the alignment of your chakras. Mm. But I don't know quite how that works. But anyways, okay. So here we go. You're like, what's the stuff in between? It's called dark matter. Mm. And it's actually called quintessence. It's actually a physics term. The reason I'm such a nerd with this stuff is my Gen Chem teacher, right after he taught me, he actually moved his whole family over to work at CERN. So when I was like, 21 22 i was really interested was with what was happening at cern lhc theoretical particle physics freaking love that stuff clearly i'm super duper nerd uh but the quintessence the dark matter makes up about 70 to 80 percent of our universe you've heard the concept of we're mainly space that is true so what's in that space is kind of like dark matter or like a field and stuff like that. So I think the future of biohacking will be how can we manage that? And I think we're just starting there with these types of energy coherent devices, EMF mitigations. We're living in a world where we're getting kind of like this toxic bucket filled up all of the time, unfortunately. So we can utilize technology and biohacking, free practices, technologies, all of that to basically manage this stuff. But I think when we start to tap into the space between, I think that's when we're going to see this just like, I think we're going to see humans evolve. And although I do feel like this type of information to adjust yourself from like an energetic state has also been around a long time, but it's within certain practices like TCM, Ayurvedic, all that stuff. And it's really poo-pooed unfortunately in Western culture. But if you're exposed to too many electromagnetics, you might get heart palpitations. Your Mm. blood is going to clot easier. So I think that this might be woo, but it's not. This Uh. is a really... I think we're going to be seeing a spiritual renaissance, honestly. I uh, I think it's already happening. I think plant medicine is helping people get there. I think there's a, a huge interest. Uh, I mean, <laughs> this is funny. I was, uh, I was at Andrew Huberman. Um, he was giving a talk in Seattle last week. And we, they're doing a, a Q&A. And he's like, you know what's crazy? Seven years ago. I couldn't mention the word psychedelic anywhere. He goes, and now Johns Hopkins, um, a bunch of other highly credible universities are doing experiments on, on how it's affecting the brain and the neurochemistry. And like, what's been happening since the seventies. That's what yeah, no, I know, but it's now popular culture is making it, you know, something that's that is being less frowned upon, uh, to say the least. I think it's becoming so much more. I mean, people are literally talking about microdosing left and right on public for on like Instagram, and it's and it's not being censored as much. And I think there's something like to the ego dissolution that somebody might get to in one of these plant medicine journeys. It's going to open their eyes to this new idea of of kind of like this the spiritual realm that people didn't really have access to you know i think it's it's hard it's hard for anybody to just be like yes i can understand how the fifth dimension works no no one really gets it you have to like feel experience in order to transcend right 
at least that's been my opinion, experience, all that stuff. I think it's going to be very individual. So mm -hmm. like we think of religion, I think it can yeah. be very individual to you. Um, coming from someone who my great grandma was a second ordained female evangelical minister in Canada. And my great great grandma was like a channeler from the UK. So and both of those ladies were big on psychedelics. <laughs> actually, this, no, um, actually this peony here was from um, a peony bush that my mom transplanted. That was my great grandmother's, which is kind of cool. I would like to just do a little warning here on plant medicines, microdosing, is that you have to be really careful with things like mold uh, because mold and dampness is associated with a lot of these plants. So if you kind of overdo it, you're going to mess with yourself uh, from like a mold standpoint, also from like a TCM, like too much dampness standpoint too. So if you're going to consider doing this stuff, do it with some of the, some, you know, some guidance with a practitioner that's um, very educated and informed in this in this space. You also do want to be really careful. I know uh, when I was in my starting in my nursing career, I did some mental health work, and um, with certain things, with especially guys, like for example, marijuana when they're young and their brains are developing, it can actually sometimes trigger psychosis and schizophrenia. So also, if you sometimes open yourself up to too much in an esoteric sense, uh, you can become too permeable to things that might want to be interfering with you and you might not want to be interfered with by them. So there's also this element of spiritual protection as well. So always just feel into what's feeling good for you, check in with a practitioner that you trust, uh, but make sure your sources are free of mold and all of that. Uh, it kind of goes with like pretty much all plant medicines, mold, pesticides, quality assurance. So those are just some PSAs I wanted to throw out. Wow. I think this is the first time in history anybody has ever talked about plant medicine and mold. I literally... Don't know anybody who's like, you know what? I'm going to go do some ayahuasca, but I'm going to just make sure that we do some mold testing first. I love you, Rachel. I I mean, honestly, like I'm half joking, but I'm also like, oh, I never actually thought about that. It's actually a good concern. You're right. Like, you know, the, these, especially in places like Costa Rica, Peru, it's, it is damp. You're totally right. And it's it's one of those things that, you know, I mean, if you do it once, twice maybe like maybe it's, but it's the people who are doing it over and over and over again you know hundreds of hundreds of ayahuasca journeys which i at that point i'm going to be like is it really working <laughs> i have actually like seen some of my clients do really well after having a journey but we're talking just yeah. like one they like yeah. prep for it and you know i think of these two women and uh, one of them was like very anxious beforehand, high beta. She comes back and she's like, chill as a cucumber and like all this mental clarity. And then this other woman, she had lost a loved one. It was really struggling and all this stuff. Um, and she came back and like, again, I could almost see this like shift in her persona and way of being. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not for everybody. So I think that... Um, I think if you're going to do it, you have to like understand it. Um, if And also like with a lot of these journeys, I feel like they should be 
very sacred to where mm. it's from. And I think we're seeing a lot of the stuff like more commercialized. Um, so there's that too. But yeah, the mold stuff I think is a big deal with a lot of different plant medicines, plant pesticides, stuff like that. So you've been warmed. But yes, yeah. um, microdosing has become increasingly popular in the biohacking space. Um, I hear people talking about the need to cycle it, to not do it all the time. I would go a step further to make sure that you're saunaing, you're taking binders so that you're potentially clearing mold. And uh, from a TCM perspective, make sure you're not getting too what a, what, what they call damp um, mm. because they're very like dampening types of plants. All right, let's wrap this up with the thumbnail clickbait that I did for this episode. Red light oh, therapy. Oh, I can't wait to see. Can't wait to see. What this do we think about time. red light therapy and infrared oh, and yes. infrared therapy? Katie, go. I think that uh, I uh, go back and forth with it a lot. I will find myself using it every single day, morning and night, loving it for like two months. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm out in the sunlight getting natural forms of uh, all the infrared, you know, heat I need. And then I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not using my red light anymore. You know, so I go, I'm so not consistent with my protocol at all. Some people swear by it. I haven't really, you know, it's so funny, Rachel, ever since I got back from Hawaii, like my acne has cleared up completely. Like I was dealing with such bad like pimples all the time and just like all over my my cheeks and and even like body acne clearly it was just an over I was overdoing humidity and I was probably getting too much sunlight uh but now it's I'm I probably like a lot I'm, of mold too there's so big issues with Hawaii mold totally yeah I didn't even think about that uh, which was funny because it was also like there was no 5G there. So I was like, oh, well, this is probably the safest place because there's no like our EMF situation. Like you lost service, like walking down the street. It was insane. But, you know, there's trade offs. Right. So ever since being back, like, I mean, obviously I've been doing a little bit more cold water immersion and I don't have access to an infrared sauna anymore. I do have access to a dry sauna. So I've been doing that. And so, you know, I'm I'm very much just kind of on the fence. I haven't really used it enough religiously for a long enough period of time to say one way or, or another that it's like the best thing on earth since sliced bread. That's my take. Yeah, I think that red light has been like really hyped up. And I feel like a lot of people are feeling pressured like, oh, I need to buy this thousand dollar juve unit that's sitting behind me. When, you know, I used a couple hundred dollar unit for like, a year and a half and I would have it in my, my bedroom or my bathroom while I would do my AM and PM routines and stuff like that. Wes from Jube hated it when I would say that I used my device in my bathroom. Cause he's like, don't say that. Cause you don't obviously don't want it to fall in the tub and you know, have barbecue. But um, so the, I'm a huge fan of actually the Scarlet True Light here mm, and yeah that's wild. cute i like it yeah yeah it's super small it's like 150 bucks you can get this on our favorites page at rachelbarger.ca and beautyandthebiohacker.com and i really like that one because it's affordable and when i'm working i actually like to have the red light on in the background i find it actually helps to counteract the really bright studio lighting mm. that i have to use i like having it i'm in the pacific northwest um and there's really only like two, three months of the year where I can get full body sun. 
So I like getting the sunshine in my eyes. I like getting the red light therapy in my eyes morning and evening helps me be really present when I'm say doing my lymphatic drainage on my head, neck, my whole body. I love lymphatic drainage. Gua sha is great. You can take something as simple as like a a ceramic Chinese soup spoon and like scrape your skin. You don't need to buy these like expensive gua sha stones. That's like a huge beauty gimmick in my opinion. Just whoa, 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 whoa. I got one big question for you. I don't know why this came up for me recently, but I got to ask you what your thoughts are on the Balancer Pro. They have these at Upgrade. They're the full body lymphatic machine. I was like, I remember doing it at Upgrade and being like, this is amazing. And I was like, literally last night on their website, like, oh, I'm going to buy one. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's $36,000. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. $36,000. What? What the heck, Rachel? I think you can do your lymphatic drainage while you're doing your red light therapy or doing your sauna session. Let me jump to that in a second. Because one of the best ways to detoxify the body is through sweating and through the skin. And when you're not just doing a dry sauna, but you're doing an infrared, near infrared sauna, like sunlight and saunas, for example, great company, great products, um, you're able to detoxify much better than if you're doing a dry sauna. It's literally like pulling out more toxins, but you have to shower right right away. You got to get that that the toxins off. You pop some binders beforehand, do your lymph drainage, uh, gua sha while you're in the sauna. That's great. Um, but when it comes to the Balancer Pro and like the like vibrating plate machines, why not? The I really like the, they call it the big squeeze at Upgrade. I love it because it's like a hundred hand massage as Steve explains it. You lie down, you got a light stim on your face, you're, you got your like legs and sausages and it's pretty funny. And you just like chill out for like 20, 30 minutes. Bonus points if you got the Nano V going too to give you that sweet oxygen stuff. And I I really like it, especially if I've done like an 8, 10K hike on the trail here. And I want some lymph drainage. I want to do a detox. I'll do like Cell Trainer, um, the Balancer Pro, and then hop in the sauna. So that's like a nice treat to myself. It obviously gets expensive to do that. But then there's also the vibrating plates and it's almost like shaking up all the stuff in between, right? Lymph, um, you know, all the extracellular fluid that's floating around your body to like move everything around, which I think it'd be great. You could do some yoga poses in there. So I think it's going to put a little bit of stress on your tendons, your ligaments, move things around. Um, I like them. I find that they make me feel really good. But for that price point, when you can do your own um, manual lymphatic drainage with gua sha while you're doing your red light therapy in a hot bath with, you know, one of my favorite pineapple oils that you can order from me. I love doing that, too. I did my lymphatic drainage this morning and I do it on my abdomen when I know I'm going to be rocking a bathing suit (laughs) so that I look trimmer because it's like flushing out toxins. It's like it's crazy when I lymph drain my abdomen. It's like. I look shredded the next day. It's pretty cool. Oh my gosh. Can you please do a YouTube video on that? Because I have no idea how to how to do a, a shred lymph uh, ab workout, but that sounds like a that that sounds uh, like a great end result. <laughs> I actually do all my tutorials, facial gua sha I just did last week in my skin camp. Uh, I do all my tutorial stuff in my skincare program. So I show you how to like do your facial gua sha when you're cleansing, putting your products on. 
um, body peels, face peels, um, heatless hair care. Like I don't curl my hair anymore. Biohacking tips, supplement organization stuff. Like that's all the stuff I really reserve for the skin camps. Um, so you can register for that at rachelvarga.ca. If you have any questions, email me info at rachelvarga.ca. Well, we got a new, we got a new topic for you doing lymphatic drainage on your abs. That's going to be in the next skin camp. Yeah. You heard it first. I'm, I'm not doing that lesson this weekend, but it's going to be next weekend. Yay. Okay, guys. When I talk about listening. body peels. Yeah. Let's uh, everyone sign up right now. Because you can do a body chemical peel. Uh, one of the products that I have is Wicked and it uses lactic acid. You can use your, it's like a, a fascia disruptor thing. You're doing your lymph drainage, you're straining out your, your cellulite um, and all of that is dealing with cellulite. You don't need to spend thousands in a med spa. It's actually going to come down to you manipulating your fascia often. And it's also a great way to detox. So you can do it like on a Damn. super low tech budget friendly way, or you can waste thousands in a med spa and have to like keep doing it. So that's, I'm kind of like nervous. I do my dermal rolling videos in my um, skin camps too, but I, I feel kind of silly on like YouTube, like here, do this. And like the whole world sees me do it. It's like, no thanks. Let's keep this like to a group of like highly discerning men and women only. <laughs> yes. How about no no photos are allowed to be taken when <laughs> when we're doing the lymphatic and everyone has to participate. <laughs> oh, we got Jasmine here. Jasmine, she's a fellow Victorian. Love you, Jasmine. You just did my spring skin camp too. A lymph drainage machine at upgrade sounds incredible. Definitely going to Gua Sha in the sauna now. Silicone cups and love cupping my mm. legs before rocking a bathing suit. Yeah, definitely. I've never done uh, cupping. I feel like cupping would be, uh, it looks painful. Or at least like when you see those big, like, um, almost look like welts on people's back. Have you seen that? Like after they get their cupping I, session? Are you kidding me? I'm like the queen of cupping. I no way. Cupping. Does it hurt? It's like an like, octopus got me. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like, like, so is that good for, is that lymphatic drainage too? So what cupping can do is, especially after like a couple car accidents or hubby is mm. an athlete, um, we'll do cupping on areas where we need to like kind of like release stuck muscle and fascia. So mm. it like pulls up the tissue through negative pressure and then um, it allows for like nutrients to come in and I'll do like fire cupping. It's all very exciting. And fire you can cupping. do- Whoa. Mm -hmm. This is like legit TCM stuff. So start with gua sha and then do fire cupping and then finish off with, while some of the cups are still on, do some TCM points. I'm a huge fan of TCM. Very nice for balancing that masculine and feminine, uh, which I think, like we said, we've kind of forgot about that that's something to hack too. It's like, don't be too masculine in your life. Don't be too feminine. It's like be balanced. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of cupping. The first time you do it, it kind of hurts. But a lot of people do it in the shower or in the sauna. I like I like doing a tool personally. I just find I get like better contact with the skin because mm. the cups can like kind of come off and you're going to get a similar effect mm. with like a facial scraping tool. I could totally see myself just cupping my entire body and then walking around like looking like an octopus got me and, and be like, did I do it right? <laughs> let me clarify. Let me clarify something here. I think what you're thinking is like leaving the cup on. But yeah, you can yeah. actually and then move the cup with the suction oh. still happening 
So the problem with that, when you go over certain bony prominences, you're going to lose yeah. suction. So yeah. that's why I like these like fascia tools that gotcha. um, you just like scrape the heck out of your fascia. And the fascia has mitochondria. The fascia we're learning is like this other network in the body that's like the super highway of communication and, and nutrient exchange and signaling. So we don't want to forget about the fascia too. That's like super old school, like TCM, Ayurvedic. I think we just need to really get back to basics. Back to basics. Do you recommend certain fascia tools? Are they on your um, on your website? The best. I'm going to be making one because I'm making my own skincare. This is like a little bit behind the scenes stuff, but it's finding fascia tools and gua sha tools that aren't like made in the Orient by slave labor. Like you have to think about this stuff. That when you're buying these things, they look like pretty on Instagram, but like like a four-year-old make that you don't know so this is the kind of stuff i care about uh, so i'm on it but for now just use like an oriental ceramic soup spoon right mm. you know those like spoons that are like this yeah right or if you go to a fancy restaurant they'll do like a mousse bouche or like the chef's treat in them just grab one of those they're gonna be like 50 cents from your local wow. chinatown so i would do that actually my tcm told me that that's so cool i love that you're such a finance hacker. It's so cool. Um, well, I guess that's, that we we really, and we tackled a lot today. We had a lot of ground to cover, and I think we we covered it. This, um, this was our longest episode yet. This was so much fun. I hope that uh, we didn't yeah. put the audience to sleep, but, you know, this is how we're. Jasmine says you can also use a jar lid. Yes, you oh, can. Oh, look yeah, at you, that. She got that one from me because I told yes, her that. Jasmine. Um, yes, you can use a jar lid, but it's also metal. Um, I kind of like the soup spoon a little bit more because it's like a little bit of like a rounded edge. So a little Isn't update it for you, Also metal? No, you get the ceramic ones. Oh, the ceramic. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. This is a fun episode. Katie, do you oh have any closing gosh. words for us? Wow. I, my mind is blown. I feel like my next call like this, I will be doing some of the gua sha, fascia, like technology i'm gonna try some cupping i'll report back and i'm very excited to try some energy coherence devices and so give me a couple months but i will uh i'll suss those out for y'all <laughs> i think that in the biohacking world the energy coherent devices are the most expensive pieces of tech out there also, doesn't it look like I am just uh, a head, a floating head right now because <laughs> my outfit sort of blended in with the background accidentally because I started off with this beautiful shawl on and then it slowly fell off and then I realized I'm just like one big floating head, which is kind of adorable. So that's how I feel right now. I feel like I'm a floating head. I feel like every time <laughs> I'm on here, I'm a floating head. It's like, you don't know what I'm wearing down here. It's like, this is on top. You know, floating head all day every day <laughs> no i have i have normal person pants on right now i don't have spacesuit pants on but yeah no i do too i'm wearing i'm just wearing some jeans so we did a really funny wondering. episode do you remember the like style degradation like yes i do girl that was a funny i do one. we should yeah we should we should talk about styles at the uh in in a couple 
of months after. Well, I am wearing a Prada dress shirt, so. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I thought you looked very fancy and stylish. Anyway, yeah, uh, we could talk forever, clearly. Like, we've got no problem with talking. <laughs> but uh, we'll all let, we'll let you guys go. And don't forget to subscribe and head over to the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast, beautyandthebiohacker.com. You can sign up with me for a little one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. We can talk Heck about yeah. All things biohacking, sleep hacking. You don't even need gadgets. You helped me <laughs> figure out which biohacking tools to start with, right? Mm -hmm. So we went with the Aura Ring because you could turn the Bluetooth off. 100%. Yep, and now you're, you know, you're on the eight sleep bandwagon. Yep. Um, yeah, and then, you. of course, you know, you can book your one-on-one -on -one session if you haven't already with Rachel. And don't forget to join that summer skin camp because they're going to be doing all sorts of fun stuff. You know, everything from body peels you know, derma rolling, lymphatic massage, drainage, all that good stuff. So every I'm every season. Yeah. Something new. Every season. Cool. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Thanks all everybody right. for tuning in. Love you so much, Katie. Mm, Have fun with I your love poppy. You too. Mwah.